into the contest. It is Wednesday the 27th of October. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. Shane Lee, Halloween just around the corner. Have you got your costume ready? Have you bought your favourites? Every Woolworths or Coles or shopping store you go into, there's chocolates on special. Mate, it's all happening, isn't it? I remember when I first moved to my place where I live now years ago, Brett and I Mm -hmm. were the first two ever ambassadors of Wheat Bix. And the kids found out that I was was playing cricket at the time in the Aussie team. They found out where I live, so they came around to trick-or-treat, and I gave them all boxes of a wheat picks. So uh, they never came back, mate, so I haven't seen them since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk about, is it the Grinch? All right, we've got a stack on today. Paddy Mills, boy, oh boy, isn't he on fire? Talk about the complete opposite of what's happening with the other Australian. We, should we mention his name? Ben Simmons, Paddy Mills flying along. Big news in cricket, of course. Steve Smith is happy that Ben Stokes is coming. Alex Demonor to lead the Australian team in the Davis Cup. Let's get going. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, Main Hair Care. Shane, Paddy Mills, look, I watched the first game that uh, he played against Milwaukee and they didn't win the game, of course, Milwaukee, one of the dominant teams, but he was brilliant. He was the star of his side off the bench. A lot of people in and around basketball and NBA saying, is he the best bench player in the game? And when you look at his wage, I think he's maybe on 13 million, which is extraordinary for people like us, but uh, compared to some of the elite NBA players, he's he's a pauper. He is, but um, yeah, there's already discussions. They have a the NBA has a, a sixth man of the year award, um, best player off the bench. He's already been mentioned in that, which is a big big thing for him. But yeah, another 21 point game. Um, the Nets, uh, I think, beat uh, the Washington Wizards. It was 104 to 90, and then Patty Mills, um, brilliant from the three point three point line again, and uh, yeah, another 21 points. That's two. 20-point games in four games, mate. He's on fire. Shane, how much confidence, like as a, as a former elite sports person yourself, how much confidence do you think he took out of what happened at the Olympics, that leadership role he had, the carrying of the flag, the bronze medal, and everything that happened in and around what happened in Japan for the, for the boomers? Oh, I think it's huge. I think confidence is everything in sport. When, when you stop second-guessing yourself and you just focus on your job at hand and you let your natural sort of juices take over, for, for a better word, um, uh, he he's got a lot of confidence out of it, and um, I think he's he's realised that he can mix it with the best of them, and he's proving that again now. He's coming off the bench. Look, they're saying in this team with Kevin Durant and James Harden, you now he could potentially score a forty point game at some stage if he gets some more game time. So, you know, big big things for Paddy Mills. That's the thing, isn't it? That you any 
sense of any type of intimidation about the individuals that are around you uh, drops when your confidence lifts. And that, that comes mm. in a lot of careers. It comes in what we all do as well, having interviewed stacks and stacks of people. As soon as you can break away from that whole idea of putting anyone on a pedestal, you're better at your job, you're a better interviewer, you're better at what you do. Did you ever, ever have any uh, interviews to me where you lost confidence? Um, oh, early on, <laughs> it took me a while. Uh, you know, thank yeah. God I was um, born with an element of it. I, um, but yeah, early on. And some, some interviews are tougher than others. I remember doing a sideline interview with Fooey Fooey Moy Moy many, many years ago. He played for Parramatta. And Fooey Fooey wasn't a man of many words. I'd say, how did you go? And he goes, good. What do you think of the game? Yeah, it was good. But we found out later that I think that he was just taking the piss a bit. Um, yeah, some, we'll have to talk about that one day because yeah. I've had some interesting interviews. One, Pablo Montoya, he was hard to crack. Um, but uh, the Formula One driver. AFL, Essendon legend, Dustin Fletcher. Now, his son, uh, look, you're off and see uh, sons of AFL players go on and play for the team that their dads played for. Well, one of his sons is heading to the US as a punter. We're seeing a lot of Aussies now start to play in the NFL in and around the punting area. Yeah, well, he's got two very talented sons, Max and Mason. Uh, I think Max is already over there um, at the University of Arkansas. And younger Mason's um, all just been selected to get a full scholarship there as well as a punter. Um, Australia is very, very well represented in the NFL in punters. There's currently five playing in the NFL, including the superstar mm. from Seattle, um, Dixon. So, um, yeah, with, with the, the grounding and the way that uh, they go through this Oz kick here um, in Australia, um, AFL, it stands in very, very good um, stead to perform a punting role in the NFL. Steve Smith says he's happy that Ben Stokes is coming. Uh, I suppose you do want to play the best, don't you, and beat the best? Yeah, I'd rather him not be in the team, to be honest, if I, if I was Steve Smith. But um, look, he said some very, really kind words. Um, it was good to see Steve Smith do that because, you know, not only has he had a broken couple of broken fingers, Ben Stokes, but he's been off with mental health reasons. Mm. Um, he said it was very, very brave of him to um, own up to that and take time off to get himself right. So, yeah, kind words. And I think um, any um, series, you want to see the best players playing, and, uh, and that's what Steve Smith was alluding to. I think Australia will win the series, but I don't think mm. it's going to be the wash that a lot of people think it is. No, I don't think it will be either, mate, because um, we have to pick some of our batsmen based on reputation. Um, but unfortunately, reputation are not scoring any runs at the moment. So you know, the guys like Warner and that, can they turn their form around? It's going to really, really be tough, mate, without a lot of um, time in the middle in some shield games. So... You know, the selectors may have to look at some younger players who are, who are currently scoring runs in the shield. So we'll wait and see what happens there. We were talking earlier about Pat Mills and uh, Patty Mills mm. and confidence. That's another thing, isn't it? So, like, e- England get to Brisbane. They, they win the toss. They bat. They get some runs. That's the way that test matches, test series can roll. Yeah, big time. When, you always want to perform well in the lead-up matches to to any big series because it gives you the grounding and, mm. and the confidence, as you said, Timmy, to go out there and perform. So um, it's just so disjointed, this this preparation because of COVID. We're seeing that in tennis. We're seeing that in all sports. And um, it's not the real smooth sort of lineup where players would get maybe four or five shield games just to get runs on the board, take wickets, catch if you're a weird keeper. But we haven't had this had that this year. So it's sort of people flying in, flying out. Make do with what we've got, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, Andrew Johns, the prodigal son, heading back to Newcastle. He was with Parramatta for a while. The, the, the one problem for, for Newcastle is 
he can't play anymore. So he, <laughs> the, the impact that he's got to have, he's got to have on on the training field. I bet you, I bet you, still could play. He's a genius, that guy. Um, yeah, but he's gone there as a uh, a full time sort of coaching consultant. Um, look, it looks like Mitchell Pearce will go and leave the club, go to the Catalan Dragons and replace James Maloney, who's been over there. So he'll go to the Super League, um, and that will sort of leave their halves sort of somewhat exposed. And so they're bringing in the legend of of the club and of the game. Um, to do some really good work. And as you, you mentioned, he worked with Parramatta and he did some really, really good stuff and they sort of putting down Mitchell Moses' form uh, last year, a lot to Andrew Johns and what he did with him. So they're hoping he can replicate that at the Knights. Yeah, lots of teams in rugby league are trying to get the right players at the moment. I, I read this morning with interest that Adam Elliott's got a one-year deal with Canberra. Of course, um, Away from the drink, he comes across a very nice guy. Um, he's had some problems when he's been on the syrup, hasn't he? So <laughs> I hope for his sake that he can get it right in Canberra. He's a country guy. He'd be closer to home. But, uh, yeah, Ricky Stewart now has Adam Elliott, very talented football player. At the same time, the West Tigers are trying to get Josh Hodgson, but the Raiders won't let him go. No, they won't unless they get something in return. So that's sort of on a negotiation table at the moment. Mm. Yeah, is Josh Hodgson past his best, Timmy, anyway, do you think? <laughs> Oh, look, I think he played pretty well the last uh, part of last year when Canberra started to really pick up and they sort of played him more in that pivot role. He's still got very good hands and in the right team, very valuable. So he's, he's still, I still think he's one of the better number nines in the game. Okay. Now, well, what's your space? But uh, yeah, there's a lot of negotiating going on at the moment and it tends to be a lot around the West Tigers as well. They sort of look really disjointed, but maybe Sheens will bring some more focus to that process. Yeah, Alan Stachic, um, the former Matildas coach, has got a, a very interesting new job. Um, he could even be playing against the Matildas. Yeah, big time, mate. So he, um, he's he been out of the game for the last two years. We know he was sort of really um, pretty much dumped from the Matildas as head coach, um, but he takes on a full-time role as the Philippines head coach with the view to try and get them into the 2023 FIFA World Cup which is actually played in Australia and New Zealand, as we all know. Um, so should he uh, perform that role there and get the Philippines into the World Cup, he'll be coming, coming up against his old team. So that'll be uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, an interesting game last night too, of course. Uh, the Australian women's team played a friendly against Brazil and um, Claire Polkinghorne and, and Sam Kerr both kicked goals. It was a two-all draw. But um, the Matildas, as we know, they're a mighty brand. As you just said, the World Cup is now really close, isn't it? Just um, under two years away here in Australia and New Zealand, and that will be just absolutely unbelievable. Bit of rugby news. Kurtley Beale could be getting an SOS. I, I was watching Kurtley Beale's um, Instagram over the past few months, and there he was in Positano, and he was in Capri, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, how good does that look? Because, of course, he's been playing over in Europe. Mate, it looks fantastic, doesn't it? But, uh, yeah, some uh, interesting news. Um, Sam Karevi and, um, and Sean McMahon both ruled out of the tour to the UK. Quade Cooper actually didn't even get on the plane to join the guys over in the UK, but they believe that he will be released from his commitments in Japan um, and join the team for the tour. So, as you mentioned, mate, Kurtley Beal will be on an SOS sort of standby um, should things not go to plan. Yeah, he's not that old he's, and a very no. talented player. be interesting if him and Quade Cooper sort of uh, got back together and hit some form. So, yeah, I'm going to be watching that tour with a lot of interest. Uh, what about the statue of Iron Mike Tyson? Uh, what did you make of it, the uh, the sculpture? <laughs> 
It was shit house, wasn't it? <laughs> it was terrible. That's the worst sculpture I've ever seen. It looks nothing like him. They've just got a standard bronze statue and stuck a face tattoo on, tattoo on it. Um, I don't know who broke the news to Mike Tyson. He wouldn't have been very happy, I'm assuming. <laughs> you'd want to do a- any, that, that doesn't look anything like me. <laughs> you wouldn't want to, you'd want to do it behind a brick wall. Iron Mike Tyson. <laughs> Holy smoke. Um, now, Alex Demonor, he'll lead the Australian team against uh, uh, Italy in November for the Davis Cup. Yeah, he will do. Um, funnily enough, Nick Curios is not included, mate, and he, he's mm. out. So Alex Dimino will take the lead, um, and he's a real sort of Leighton Hewitt-style player, and I know Leighton's got a, is a big rap on him, um, and he's given, given him some huge responsibilities now. It's a pretty good team. Um, John Millman, um, Jordan Thompson, uh, Alexi um, Poprin, and John Deere for doubles. Um, the other real strange sort of admission was James Duckworth, who – He's currently ranked in his best. He's number 51 in the world. He's been playing really, really well, but they haven't they haven't chosen him in the team. So I'm not sure why that is. Maybe he doesn't fit the style that Leighton was to play. I don't know. I can see why Nick Kyrgios, you know, and I don't know the whole reasons behind it, but he look, and I know he's always said he's, you know, he's really lifted for Davis Cup, and he has on occasions, but... I don't know. His career, the last yeah. um, forever, has been just you know. It's just it's it's hard to watch. Well, you can't build a team around someone that's just drops their bundle straight away. And um, you know, tennis is a, is an individual sport. But when you play Davis Cup, it's the only time they get to sort of really play as a team. So you don't want someone dropping, you know, throwing throwing the towel in the ring too early. And and Nick has done that. So it's probably the best thing that he's out, even though he's so talented. I think the team could potentially grow and move forward without him. We're only a few days away from November. Of course, the, the summer of tennis in Australia is always a highlight. The Kuyong Classic, disappointing it's been cancelled. Yep, binned again, Timmy, second year in a row. Mm. And um, look, Tennis Australia need to put a line in the sand here, make a call on this vaccine thing. Whether they do it or they don't, or they, they have to make it compulsory, just make a bloody call because no one knows where they stand now. Um, and this is a real blow because Kuyong gives a lot of players – that's their preparation for the Australian Open, um, time in the middle. So they'll have to try and fly potentially to another state now. And, you know, we know there's border problems still. So it's real, real issues for um, Melbourne-based uh, Australian Open uh, contenders. If you look around the world, I just think it would just be common sense for all sports just to say, bang, it's mandated. You're in, you're in. If you're not, you're not. It's simple. And that, yeah, that, but, you know, that's really yeah. the only way forward in the current environment to do it, you know, without trying to – uh, cause yourself all sorts of strife. But uh, lightening the subject a little, what about when you played on court with the mighty Mo himself, John Newcomb? Mate, what a, I was lucky enough to get to know John Newcomb really well. He's a legend of a bloke. And for three years, um, I reckon once a quarter, I played tennis at his house in Pimble. Um, I partnered with him against, uh, we've got, got a good friend, John the Dentist, um, and his son, Clint. So it was Clint. Could you ever see his face, John, the dentist? <laughs> he had his back turned. Yeah, we show his ass. No, but um, no, but John Newcomb and uh, the first time we played there, uh, John, the dentist, and I, we had to bring some nice wine, and John, New- John Newcomb cooked for us um, some whiting fillets. We had some fresh prawns, um, and we drank some wine and talked about you know life and sport afterwards, which was amazing. We did that probably fifteen times up there, and um, but the first time I played with him, he asked me if I had played forehand or backhand. And I played forehand, and I didn't realise that he was obviously he was a forehand guy himself. So he said to me, "You take it." And he made me serve first. So I was extremely nervous, and I f- served the first one until his son Clint got it in, and I didn't realise Nuke was waiting right at the net just to punch a volley to win the point. And I 
excitedly came across in front of Newcomb and fucking nicked this ball and hit the, hit the side net and went out. And he just stared at me. And he put me off my game. We won. We finally won that game. And his son Clint said, "Don't cross his forehand, mate. He still gets the shits." So it was an amazing experience. But yeah, that real stern look that you can give you over that mo of his, yeah, kept me on edge to me. But how good one, was he? How oh, good was he still then? Oh, mate, he's over sixty, and he's still like just a touch and in and around the net. And I mean, his serve was gone, but um, yeah, but you could see why he was so good, and and just taught me about the. You know the, the the basic skills of the game. It was it was a really wonderful experience, and look, he loves all sports, um, not only tennis. But uh, mm. you can clearly see why he was an absolute winner. Oh yeah, he could party too. I remember he worked with us at Channel Nine. A few of those Christmas parties on the bus from Clonies at Clontuff. I've been to North City <laughs> singing some Sweet Caroline. And John the dentist. This is John. He's a dentist. We can't show you his face. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, our wonderful sponsors in Main Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And our great producer, Mr. Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you then, guys. Take care.